Welcome to How to Be Unpopular podcast number 256. First of all, happy last day of the year. Happy New Year. Uh, I hope if you've been eating or drinking in, un in unhealthy ways, I know I like to over the holidays, that you've also been exercising, burning those calories, keeping your body in shape for the coming year of skating, filming, supporting, representing, whatever you want to do, but keep that body healthy, especially as you, if you're a rollerblader going into your 40s. The holidays, so many temptations, chocolate, um, lots of food with no vegetables or health value at all, drinks, this is non-alcoholic, staying up late because you have time off, you got to keep up on everything because you want to enjoy skating when the windows happen. There is no windows for skating right now, apart from that one parkade that we skate and Cottonwood, the other covered spot. A lot of snow here in Kamloops. But I just wanted to go over the year, not in like a every single post kind of way. There was one post that I made that kind of celebrated the year or how I thought of the year for skating. So I'm gonna go over that and just a couple other things. I mean, even just recently, I watched the new John Bellino and Leon Humphreys VODs. Both were incredible. Both had their own style and feel. Um, they just both felt like rollerblading so mature. Volo 6, the same thing, just came out. Um, the Danny Skate just arrived here today. Like the excitement for skating and, the, and like so many new products being announced even right up into now. Um, just what a great time for skating. What a great uh, great year for a rollerblading too. The the boom thing, I'll start with that. So there, there was that just out of nowhere, nobody could have called that during a pandemic that in March, April, May, that there was just a boom in people buying skates, getting back into skating, people buying roller skates, articles about rollerblading, um, NHLers were rollerblading, just a lot of like weird um, things where rollerblading was showing up in places that was unexpected and that um, some global consciousness or button got hit that just said Rollerblading can be a mainstream accepted activity and like even the articles normally like headlines for articles for rollerblading or some of the the copy at the very front for the previous decade would have had like weird little snarky like you would almost have to make the joke about rollerblading like you had to make all of the obvious hacky jokes or references and then something flipped this year where it was more positive and more like, why did we ever stop rollerblading? Or um, articles about people remembering how fun it was and wanting to do it again. Anyways, that was the first weird thing about skating this year. And it was unexpected. And I think people that I talked to, even myself, I thought that it was just going to be like a maybe a really short burst. But then... As the year went on, there just seemed to be more people, more articles, more references to it in pop culture, just little things 
and it just kept going to the point where it's like, okay, is this now going to be part of like North America? Because Europe is different, but in North America and Canada and the United States, it's like, is roller skating and rollerblading becoming part of like the cultural conversation? Like, is it becoming a regular thing again, not something that we reference as its place in time before that it is possibly the thing that we always knew it's they're both really incredibly futuristic fun ways to transport yourself around how michelle styling called them the shoes of the future so true um and the skate technology is better yeah it just seems like people are catching on to some of the things that we've known all along i gotta go back to my notes um, so I'm not going to reference every single article that was written, but if you go back on the Facebook, I tried to keep track of of the articles and things being posted. There was a lot. Even people were, were taking screen caps of uh, Google Trends that I think it's gone down a little bit, but just that spike was insane to the point where there was skate shortages. And Jake Ellie talked about it on the local skates that like the manufacturers and the shops are having a hard time predicting how many skates to get or how many skates to produce. It's a good problem to have, but wow, nobody called it either. Nobody predicted 2020, a pandemic is going to happen and rollerblading is going to be on the rise again. And not on the rise to any, like we're not talking about it getting huge or it being in the X Games again, just the fact that it peaked back into the conversation in places where it just wouldn't. Also from an environmental perspective, zero emissions. You don't gotta gas them up, you just put them on and you go. What a great invention. People forgot about it and people are like, oh yeah, it is a good invention. It wasn't just a fad. It should be something that I do and then I don't just separate. It's something that I did when I was younger. A lot of people also, I guess, were reflecting back on their life and remembered how fun rollerblading was, wanted to do it again. TikTok was apparently a huge thing about the roller skating craze that people love to film themselves dancing. Roller skates work very well with that. So I think that this weird boom is possibly here to stay for at least a couple more years. There's still lots of people, like even for aggressives, getting, getting back into it. I think it's here to stay. Could be wrong. Be one hell of a decade if it stayed though, it'd be bizarre. I do want to say that if it, this is to continue, I hope that for how small the industry is, um, I hope that people can work together and not get too competitive. I hope the weird stuff doesn't happen. It always does, like the story repeats itself or that if like bigger companies with lots of money that want to dip in and pay people. I just hope all of that stuff goes smoothly if it was to happen again. Because it's the same action sports story every single time. If a giant company comes in and pays a bunch of people a lot of money to ride, even ride for the brand or the company, even if they don't, they haven't um, 
been through the tough times in skating. You know, it happens in skateboarding with Nike and Adidas or I think Nike snowboarding or, you know, like these companies come in and they come out. They're looking for, they're just looking at the numbers and wanting to make profit, which is, I guess, everybody's goal. But um, I just want everybody to be careful with the industry stuff. I just hope that everything gets navigated smoothly. That's just to say if things were to get huge, really big. It's weird to think if that happened. Um, yeah, lots of people rediscovering skating or trying it for the first time. There's a huge range of skate tech now. There's a skate for everybody. People have money to try different skates. There's so many different frame sizes, heights, materials, uh, UFS is amazing for um, switching your aggressive skates between big wheels and aggressive setups. There's the Aeon. There's, there's a, lots of stuff and more stuff coming out. There's just a really good range of skate tech. Um, the best in a long time. So many frame companies, uh, so many types of frames. There's the Wish frame, there's the Wizard frame, there's wizard inspired frames there's like um bigger wheel frames that grind um i do still think me personally i underrated the low rider frames like uh 50 50 and the new them frames are low rider frames i'm excited to skate more smaller wheels on aggressives but there's a skate and a product for you if you haven't tried anything there's definitely something out there for you that is a great thing there's skater owned companies um, so it's cool to see this boom while people, um, who love to skate, have skated for a long time, have best, in, have the best interests of the sport or lifestyle or it's great that if skating sees a little bit of success, that there's the right people in the right positions. Even just thinking of Tom Heiser at Rollerblade while they're having a wildly successful year is a, such a great and important thing for skating as a whole. Uh, there's good royalties being paid by some companies and they are um, the conversations happening a little bit more about what companies pay for what products. That's only a good thing. That can only go up. Like Danny got one of the better paydays in skating since the original um, boom of skating. And it's so cool to know that that will happen for future people who get skates for them skates. Um, and Lawrence has been talking about royalties. I'm trying to think of who else. Lawrence and Julio. There may be one or two other companies I'm forgetting about, but it's cool that the conversation's happening. Um, there's classic skates that people wanted to come back out, that came back out. There was the Shima re-release. You can buy Fifth Elements. Um, it's cool to know that people coming back. There are people who actually, I think, bought the Shimas to get back into skating just by seeing that the Shimas came back out. They got back into rollerblading. It's cool to know that a product and the nostalgia button works so well and so strongly. So even though there were a lot of strong opinions about that skate um, and the intentions behind it when there were people really dedicated skating razors, it's, it's, you have to think of that as um, it's a good thing for skating as a whole. 
especially you just see a picture of a skate and you're like, what, they made Shimas again? Or they made they make Fifth Elements again? I, I, I gotta try skating again. It's weird how many people are getting back in to doing aggressive slide postures on rollerblades. It's fun, so I understand. But that was a big gap of time where lots of people didn't do it. Um, there are super diverse styles and visions of skating. There's pretty much every kind of skating that you could imagine and more. Just talking about even the, the Leon Humphreys compared to the Bellino DVDs, or VODs, how different they are. Um, and that the, the wizard style skating is starting to kind of branch out and you, there's more products inspired by it and there's more people interested in it that like the ground the ground is a P-rail. You don't even need like a, an object to grind on. The beauty of Wizard is you just need a nice flat surface and that, that's the object. It's very um, accessible for some people and exciting that it's not, you don't have to jump on or jump off anything. Um, and the list of, even just Volo 6, that's the most recent one that I've seen. Just the styles from section to section that it's not everybody doing the same thing anymore, which is what made rollerblading horrible in the very dark ages of the late 2000s, early 2010s. It's, it's, so many people were doing the same things and looking the same. And now you could get into rollerblading or be thinking about buying a pair of skates and you could go on YouTube and watch the Joe Atkinson Blue Edit Leon Wizard of Wall Street, Danny Beer Edit, and Alex Broskow, um, all in sequence discovering these rollerblading videos. And think of how different all of those things are. The, the, the scope of what can be done on skates is so much wider now. Or Eugen N and his newest one. Then you watch that one and you can see that there are actually distinct styles and visions and different kinds of media different personalities. There's, um, the next thing is there's, there's uh, so many, um, so many YouTube channels popping up. There's podcasts, there's the, like the wheel scene and blading chats. There's the newest one, Wax Toaster. I'm trying to think of what else. Then there's obviously the bigger ones like Jump Street. I don't want to, I can't name all the channels. I mean, you could leave them in the comments, but then there's Blader News, um, and This Week in Blade. There's weekly news shows for rollerblading. Um, there's so much media being made and so many, so much, uh, so many types of media and visions and people reviewing skates or, or doing stuff like this. That was like a very empty space um, at the beginning of the 2010s. That um, it's just an explosion of, of media and like just the fact that we have news shows and so many different podcasts the the depth of the world of skating just becomes even bigger and it's only a good thing yeah so many projects channels and passionate people making stuff people are making videos people are doing youtube channels people are working on bigger projects people are doing crazy diy skate hardware stuff and there's more in my notes too. 
Um, there's the first independently owned boot mold designed by skaters, which is the 909. That happened this year. The 909 coming out felt like it was last year. Because when I think of MB7 coming out, that feels like years ago, but that was like right around this time last year. So close to 2020 MB7 came out, but in my mind it feels like two or three years old. My light's gonna go out probably. Yeah, the 909 came out in, I think, May or this spring? That feels like so long ago, but it's not. Um, and it's the first boot, aggressive boot, designed by rollerbladers, and it, the company is owned by a rollerblader. And then you combine that with the royalties thing and the support behind the brand. It's just such a beautiful thing that rollerblading's in, in the spot where you can have something on your feet that was 100% designed by skaters and the company's owned by a skater incredible we got a few more here um, Roses is doing what people wanted K2 or the bigger companies to do like they're not bigger companies but you know K2 or Rollerblade people really wanted these companies to have a team that they paid and regular pro skates and things it was cool to see Roses doing that um, and it's up to you on whether you want to support them with your dollars or not, but it was cool to see how many pro skates they released. Um, it's just cool to see them doing the thing that, uh, people wanted, yeah, like K2 or Rollerblade to do. So whether it's going to be successful or not, or whether they're going to continue to do it, the next few years will, time will tell, but it's just some, it's a thing to celebrate that they're still here and they're they were trying very hard. Uh, not the bad trying hard, the good trying hard. Um, yeah, I love that K2 stopped making aggressive stuff right when, if you were looking at the chart, that uh, skate sales went up. <laughs> I just think that's really funny. I wanted to highlight that. Uh, the community's really connected, even though people love to argue online. Recreational outrage does feel good. It, you get a little tingle of something in your brain. So I understand why that's just part of, it's part of any uh, culture or online thing that you'll get people arguing about albums or sports. or So it's part of skating online. But I do love how connected the community of skating is. That I actually, for the first time, in forever, I do have that um, urge to go to events and, and meet a lot of these people in person that I feel like I've known for a long time, whether I follow their channels or, or talk with them through messaging. Um, it's cool to see like uh, different um, collaborations happening too. I think that's a really um, mature and futuristic part of all of the connections online. Like, the the dead basement thing or us doing a thing with sam from muzzle uh the too easy skate or the sunday brunch there's other collabs too um that i'm forgetting but i love seeing people and companies and and the crossing of uh ideas and uh that makes me really happy um we talked about this on the Dowling podcast, but 
uh, it's great. The Shimas Gate's a good representative of it, but we actually have culture and history. We have decades now. We're going to be... We're almost at like 30 years of history, decades of history. We can say it. You can research it. Um, that the Shima skate, the fact that it was a 20-year anniversary skate, that's insane. It's so, such a great thing that there's culture and history because we didn't have that before. We kind of jumped the gun. Um, it's almost like we thought we did, but we really didn't. But now we do. It's so great when we're going to be able to say, you know, in 2040, we have, we're going to have like 40 years of history or more. Um, or no, wait, 2030 we'll have 40. 2040 we'll have like 50 years of rollerblading history, knowledge, experience, products, videos. Incredible. And that the fact that there's people highlighting, celebrating, um, unearthing things or maybe being inspired by things from the from the past. I love it. I love that it's just this big melting pot of all of skating up to this point um, and taken in so many different directions. Uh, what else? Yeah, that, that history is also, not only is it being celebrated, but it's being discovered and rediscovered. There's people who get into skating now as a new participant and they get to watch Brain Fear Gone for the first time. That's crazy to think about. But that's also the beautiful thing, you know, it's the same as music, that there's an album sometimes that changes the way you think about music and it could have already existed for 30 years, but you just hadn't heard it yet. Love that. Um, rollerblading jokes now are more dated than the actual activity of rollerblading, that you've almost dated yourself more as a human being that their thinking is stuck way in the past and that they haven't developed uh, beyond the 90s or early 2000s that if you're making a rollerblading joke or if you're typing fruit booter in the comments of a social media section you're very likely a uh, you're probably over 40 maybe you're losing your hair you probably have kids you maybe you've gained some weight um, that that is more of a joke than the actual rollerblading joke, and that doing an activity that you like to do, um, just actually enjoying rollerblading is way more of a statement than a rollerblading joke now. That like, it means more to do the activity unapologetically than make the rollerblading joke. Does that make sense? That using the term Using the term fruit booter is more outdated than actually doing the activity of rollerblading. I hope that makes sense. So many kinds of pants. So many styles of skating, so many kinds of pants. What a beautiful thing. All pants matter. I would say uh, if we're looking at fas fashion cycles now, the tight have to be on the come up. I don't like them, but um, if we're going into a early 2000s uh, fashion cycle, you know, it does the whole strokes and return of rock and post-punk, I guess we're overdue, but skating's in such a good spot that they'll, it'll just be like pockets. Of, like the further you can take it in your own weird direction, the better. 
I think. That we would have a problem if everybody started dressing exactly the same, and that's what rollerblading was like in that era. But now we have a bunch of different people dressing different. Um, or in their own way. Or they love this era of skating, they dress like that. Or people dressing crazy. Love it. It's what rollerblading in the future. It's what I hoped for it to be. And now we're in the future, and it's very good. Rollerblading in the future. Rollerblading in 2020, going into 2021, is very good. Um, and there's obviously much more, of course, that I missed, but I didn't want it to be exact, the exact things, like going through a list of things. You can go back and look, or you can look at the new shows this week in Blade or Blader News, or listen to the Back to Blading podcast. They did a year-end that, um, yeah, you can go back and find all this stuff. And lastly, just thank you to everybody who stayed skating through the time where not a lot of people skated. Thank you to the people who came back to skating. Thank you to people who discovered this channel or our videos. Thank you for everybody who bought, uh, supported and represented rollerblading products, or if you bought a mushroom blading shirt or a hoodie, uh, or thank you to people who bought them skates or wizard skates or any skates at all. Thank you to people who um, joined the Patreon. That's going really well. I'm enjoying doing that. There's plenty more to come on that. Thank you to everybody who did the podcast with Todd or myself. Um, thank you, Rollerblading. Thank you, Blake God. I hope everybody has a great 2021. Oh, and also thank you, everybody who's making stuff. So I'm only referencing the Bolino and Leon Humphreys and Volo 6 because those are the most recent ones that I've seen, but people who are working on projects and putting stuff out, uh, that's my favorite kind of supporting and representing, but also the people who started a YouTube channel, who uh, just had that urge to make skate content of some kind. Thank you too. There's just so much, it's hard to um, highlight all of it, but what a year. Thank you, everybody. Have a great 20, uh, last day of 2020, and enjoy your 2021. And I'll see you next time. And enjoy the Arlo podcast. It's a good one.